Hello and welcome to another episode of KBOTAK, the podcast about Korean cinema and K-dramas. If you've got one missed call, that might have been a man called Itchy getting in touch to tell you about Takashi Miike's first K-drama, Connect. Film auteur Takashi Miike has gone and made a K-drama. I've seen it, it's good, I'm going to talk about it on this episode, and it also gives me an excuse to talk about Takashi Miike, um, who generally doesn't come up on this podcast because he is obviously a Japanese director. He's an acclaimed crossover director who is known around the world and probably the first or one of the first Japanese directors that a lot of people internationally know when they're getting into either foreign cinema or horror, etc., etc. Um, he's known for his gonzo style. He plays in a lot of different genres. And I thought I'd just mention a few of his uh, films because uh, if you go away and watch Connect after this, um, which I recommend as a spoiler for the ending of this episode, uh, you might want to see more of what he's done. And um, he's got a really a 25, 30 year back catalogue of pretty fantastic stuff, um, of which I've scratched the surface, really. Um, but here's a few I would recommend um, if you want to know more about Takashi Miike. So he's known for body horror, crime films, a lot of adaptations. He is responsible for some of the most shocking twists and grisly scenes ever committed to celluloid. So this list of films um, all have some aspect of that. Uh, firstly, Audition. This is a very famous horror about a widower who tries to use his friend's movie audition as a way to get a new girlfriend and regrets his decision quite a lot, <laughs> eventually, um, featuring some amazing reveals and an unbelievable twist and change of tone halfway through that reportedly had people uh, leaving the cinema when it originally showed in uh, in Japan. Um, definitely a classic and worth seeing if you love your horror films. Also Dead or Alive, this is another early Takashi Miike film. A Yakuza flick that is at once gritty and really gritty. Um, there's some... Uh, uh, some pretty intense stuff in this film uh, and absolutely bonkers with an ending that I guarantee you'll never predict uh, or forget. It also has um, really one of the most terrific opening kind of 10 minutes um, of, of any Yakuza film. Um, just the, the music and the barrage of imagery that it gives you. 
uh, is really, really something. 13 Assassins, this is a later film from Takashi Miike. Uh, it is a stomping period piece. It's a remake of a, a classic um, black and white Japanese film. Uh, it has some of the best sword-on-sword action in any film I've seen ever. And uh, friends of mine who are into kendo have said that it's uh, some of the most accurate action as well, like uh, swordplay in uh, uh, in a film from the stances to the moves that they're making so really legitimate as well and um, uh, an absolute rush of a film like such a good kind of final 45 minutes uh, just one long battle um, that it builds to so uh, yeah easy to recommend that one um, Blade of the Immortal this is viewable on Netflix in most places it's a manga adaptation about an immortal samurai uh, it's uh, a manga and anime series called Mugen Nujunin in Japan, and uh, which has been adapted a lot of times into um, yeah, anime films, um, music albums, and uh, is about um, basically a, a samurai who's protecting a little girl and kind of reckoning with the the trail of bodies he's left in his wake um, as uh, as he does so, and the fact he keeps getting pulled back into uh, into violence and into battle. Um, very good and uh, a good kind of recent Mike one to watch. I've also seen some random ones, uh, Yakuza Apocalypse, about Yakuza who are also vampires. That was insane. Um, For Love's Sake, which is uh, billed as Takashi Mike's Bollywood-style musical, uh, which has uh, a lot of punching in it, but also, in especially in the first half, some of the funniest uh, musical songs um, that I've ever seen on uh, uh, on a film with these actors who, you know, they they don't really uh, they don't really have any dance lined up, so they just kind of bob their heads and uh, and jig around a bit and deliver these uh, hilarious hilarious songs. And um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that one. And First Love, um, which is another recent one, and uh, which Takashi Miike has described as kind of his um, yeah maybe his his last comment on kind of the Yakuza era and a reflection of um, the Yakuza's uh, as a group of people who are really aging out of existence. Um, a, a lot of them are now quite old. Uh, he says that the way they're portrayed uh, in films, in video games, not necessarily um, really what those uh, what those people were about. And um, yeah, that was a really interesting film and, and had a lot of um, extremely unique characters, um, as uh, as his films often do. He's also known for um, a few films that are still on my watch list: Itchy the Killer, Gozu, One Missed Call, Visitor Q, Over Your Dead Body, which looks really interesting, and adaptations of games like uh, Like a Dragon and Ace Attorney um, that uh, look really interesting as well. He is extremely pr- prolific. He's made about a hundred features, uh, as I understand. And uh, now has come into the the world of K-drama, K-drama land, um, and uh, created a a series uh, set in Seoul with Korean actors. Um, So I was really interested in what this was going to be like, what it was going to be about. Connect. It is streaming on Disney Plus right now. Um, 
If you're building up the streaming offering for a family-friendly brand like Disney, uh, what's your move? Obviously, let the master of uh, transgressive body horror adapt a webtoon about organ trafficking, serial killers, and invincible monster people. Clearly, so um, that is that is what has happened. Um, the show premiered its first three episodes at the Busan International Film Festival in October, and it stars the excellent Chung Hae In as Ha Dong Soo, who is a one-eyed guy who has a, a song that he busked going viral online. Uh, you'll know him from DP and possibly Snowdrop. Ko Kyung-pyo as Ojin Sop, who is a corpse art serial killer. Uh, very grisly role. Um, he was in Decision to Leave, the best movie of last year, uh, in the uh, the early part of the movie, um, alongside Park Hale's character as uh, kind of a, a long-suffering junior detective. Um, he was also in Soul Vibe, uh, the middling Netflix film that uh, Yuan uh, was the lead in last year. And there's also Kim Hejun as Choi Irang, uh, a mysterious researcher and journalist um, with secrets of her own, um, who you might recognize as Queen Consort Cho from Kingdom. She was also in Inspector Koo. Um, and uh, she is always, I would say, very, very good and uh, quite enigmatic in her roles, and she gets a good chance to flex those muscles here. So how does Takashi Miike fit into a K-drama? Uh, he was interviewed about this and he said, uh, for starters, I would like to say I'm a huge fan of Korean series and films. Um, I love them. Whenever I watch Korean content, I always wondered why Korean actors' performances were so different from their Japanese counterparts. I wondered what determined that difference. Whilst dealing with a Korean cast this time round, what I could confirm with my own eyes was the amount of passion they each had. I found that all of the actors I was working with are very passionate about what they do. Their ability to act is a given, but they also brought a powerful energy to the set that made me realize there were other crucial elements at play before you could recognize the mark of a good actor beyond just their acting skills. From that entire uh, interview, you could really tell how much fun this director and this cast all had working together and uh, it definitely seems to have been a creative success both uh, behind um, and in front of the camera. I found that uh, I also enjoyed Takashi Miike bringing his style of kind of camera work to um, to a K-drama. I re this made me realize that the way he shoots urban locations is quite different to what you normally have in a Korean film or series. He's very close up uh, and doing a lot of shots that are kind of peeking around uh, the alleyways and the streets and examining quite up close all of these little urban tableaus that are going on. It makes you feel very close in to the action, and, and that's how uh, Tokyo and, and other Japanese locations appear in uh, his films. And so I really enjoyed that, um, being brought to uh, a K-drama. So the themes of this show are, as mentioned, um, organ hunters, mutations, supernatural abilities, immortality. It's generally pretty gonzo. It's bleak at parts, and there's a lot of body horror. Um, it's not the most violent K-drama ever. I mean, you've got your, your kingdoms and stuff like that, but it is quite intense. Um, based on a webtoon, a manhwa, and uh, about a guy whose body basically cannot be destroyed. 
If any part of it is harmed or scratched or cut or chopped off, these tiny little tendrils or tentacles, they're like little red vines, knit it back together. Um, it's kind of like the scene in uh, Terminator 2 when the, the liquid Terminator is, uh, is um, pooling himself back together um, or reassembling himself, uh, but much more graphic, much more bloody. He is caught by organ traffickers and reforms himself to their surprise and, and shock and dismay and escapes, jumping out of a window. Um, but one of his eyes has already been sold to and put into someone else, so he's wearing this eye patch for most of the show. Meanwhile, this corpse art serial killer is after people, and this is one of the more kind of bleak um, concepts of the show. Um, he's He's killing people and then turning them into what he thinks of as artwork. So there's this really um, quite quite striking, quite disturbing set piece where people think there's this statue in the middle of town and then they walk up and it starts bleeding and people realise that it's a, a body that's been painted and, and put in this um, pose. And uh, yeah, it's pretty grim. Um, Mike is characteristically unsympathetic with his cast. There are some surprising early deaths. Uh, the pace of the show is fast and there's a lot happening, supported by the fact that this is only six episodes that are about half an hour to, to 40 minutes long, um, which I'm down with. And your man is basically trying to hunt down whoever has his eye and they have this supernatural connection that lets him try to triangulate where the guy is. So he'll suddenly get visions through his other eye because he still has that connection. And the song that he's written uh, is able to kind of stimulate that connection. Um, so he's trying to find out where this guy is and, and where he's um, uh, where he's going to be, which leads to a lot of these really uh, quite effectively tense near misses um, as they're on this collision course. I mentioned that Jung Hae-in is, is good in this. Not only that, I think he's born to be a Takashi Miike protagonist. Um, you get to see him as this mix of like an everyman and this immortal humanoid. There's a lot of like immortal weirdos in Takashi Miike films. Um, there's also a lot of people getting into situations that are just like uh, way beyond them. And this is this has both of those. And he just has a really believable reaction to the insane things that are happening around him um, and genuinely shows his range. Um, the, this on top of DP kind of uh, really um, displays what a, a talented bloke uh, he is and I don't think we've seen anywhere near the maximum of, of what he can do so um, it's a good time, to, uh, good time to watch this guy in dramas. There's also a lot of CGI um, for these actors to deal with. And Jung Hae-in said, um, quote, this was my first sci-fi project and I had more CGI scenes than I had initially anticipated. I had to use a lot of imagination as I performed, which was quite strange and awkward for me in many ways. Um, Kim Hye-jun also talked about this and um, how, she, uh, how she had to learn from uh, her co-actors and, and from the director um, for the CGI scenes and also the action scenes, because actually, although Kingdom is an action uh, thriller, uh, she's mostly um, mostly not involved in those scenes. Um, so yeah, really strong across the board. Um, the show's mystery builds up; it gets more and more sci-fi as it goes. Um, there's some great set pieces like uh, Jin Sop, the serial killer, in a gas suit 
that I really enjoyed. Um, Takashi Miike is clearly having a lot of fun here. Um, along the way, there's humorous moments like a detective who gets a nosebleed when he's onto a good lead. Uh, I really liked seeing the quite distinctive Takashi Miike style of humor in a K-drama. Um, it's very different to the style of humor you normally get in these. Uh, towards the end, it has genuinely one of my favorite ever Miike action scenes that I've seen um, in something that isn't called 13 Assassins. There's a, a brilliant little um, little sequence um, that plays up all, all the different kind of aspects of the characters you're dealing with as, as well. I really loved that. Um, and again, a, a shout out for the character of Irang and uh, Kim Hye-jun. I like how um, in these K-dramas, female characters get so much space to develop um, and a lot of actresses are working up these portfolios of quite distinct characters that aren't always down the line goodies or femme fatales or, you know, just a very straightforward badass action heroine kind of thing. And Kim Hye-jun is one of the best among them. She really brings, like I say, these quite mercurial, hard to pin down characters and uh, the way that she can weave those uh, portrayals. Um, is a real skill. So like Jung Hae, and I think um, only seeing kind of the tip of the iceberg of what she can do um, as a performer. Overall, the tone and cadence of this show makes a lot of sense for Takashi Miike. And when I saw it, um, and uh, just as a, as a warning, this does end on, uh, you know, this does set itself up for a second series. And I would actually be up for that now I think about it. At the time, I reacted against it a little bit, and um, that might just be the pattern that's emerged over the past couple of years with a lot of Netflix series, where they're all being left on cliffhangers or even what feel like, you know, ending in the middle of an episode or in the middle of a moment, um, only to be cancelled a week after they come out. And uh, uh, maybe I'm not alone in just starting to develop a bit of an allergy to, uh, to cliffhangers. I almost want to know that a show has an ending before I start putting... I mean, six episodes of 40 minutes is one thing, but if we're talking about your you know, hour and 10-minute episodes and there's 16 of them and it's going to end on a, a cliffhanger and it's not going to get a second season, um, that, would be, uh, that, that would be really off-putting. Luckily, most K-dramas tell a self-contained story still, um, which is why I'm a bit leery of uh, these streaming ones which have um, maybe a little bit of uh, a, a westernized cliffhanger setup at the end and um, I'm, I'm not necessarily into that but if they do make more of this um, I'm up for it I, I actually think that uh, they could do more with this concept and uh, these characters that they've created and this weird mythos of um, humanoids who can you know connect themselves back together if uh, if they get cut up it's uh you know <laughs> doesn't appear in a lot of series um so uh yeah i recommend this i definitely recommend this if you're into takashi miike uh, if you're into takashi miike and k drama like me then i think you kind of have to have a look at this and see what he's done um and what his approach is i really enjoy at the moment um some of the some of the mixing and matching that's going on with different um, uh, different directors coming into the world of of K dramas and Korean films, like we had Broker last year from Hirokazu Koreeda, um, 
uh, I, that doesn't mean that I want loads of American and British directors to start working on K-dramas and Korean films. I, I think I wouldn't like that because that is when um, Hollywoodization starts happening. But to see um, different uh, di- different um, directors from different countries like Korea and Japan, maybe Hong Kong, um, start uh, collaborating on those things that is quite exciting and quite interesting to see what it comes up with so um, yeah after binging this and sitting with it thinking about it I really like it and recommend it connect it's a good one thanks for listening you can uh, as always check out the show on at kbotakpod that's k-b-o-t-a-k-p-o-d uh, on twitter um, there'll be more episodes forthcoming and I'll be looking to do more specials around different actors, cover some more dramas, some more films. And uh, as the year uh, starts to go on, I look forward to seeing what kind of Korean films we're going to get this year and uh, what other series are going to come along. There's always so many surprises to look forward to. So I hope, uh, hope you'll join me and I'll see you next time. Cheers. <laughs>